Nigeria to New York, New York to Texas, Texas back to New York, and then over to San Francisco and so much in between. Currently, a creative director, Mo Osenbor, breaks the mold of our traditional guests. Mo carries years of agency experience, creativity, and life wisdom to Facebook every day. The foundation of his success is Miami Ad School. As well, he's worked at agencies like Sapien Razorfish, Deutsch, and J. Walter Thompson. The central theme of this episode is that creativity is a decision and confidence starts day zero. I also want you to recall back to VB's episode. Mo worked with VB and other friends to create Link It Black. Link It Black is an initiative that gets everyone in the industry involved by sharing directories of underrepresented talent through our own platforms. Mo has done some amazing things and has so much knowledge to give in this episode for advertisers at all levels. So please, follow us on Instagram at EnteringAd to find out more about Mo and Link It Black. This is the Breaking and Entering Podcast, and I am your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. Mo Osenbor, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Podcast. Did I, did I say that correctly? You did. You did. Um, actually, that's... Uh... You, people normally don't, so you hit it on first take. So good for you, yeah. man. We just practiced a little bit for those listening. Now, uh, this is gonna <laughs> be, this is gonna be a, a fun episode. I can already tell. Mo, you seem like an awesome guy. I mean, your background and your resume here that, uh, which we'll definitely talk about, is so impressive. Right now, mm. you are the uh, you're a creative director, art director at Facebook. So. Not the usual type of guests we have, so I'm I'm interested in hearing about what's it, what it's like working at Facebook. Oh, nice man! Uh, thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, is, so is that the first question? Might I ask of a day in the life of working at Facebook? Yeah, what what I that could definitely be the first question. Um, you know, how'd you stumble upon Facebook? Um, when did you start working there? Okay. Uh, I started working um, at Facebook around 2017. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes a lot of people do. And, and first off, thank you for uh, those uh, accolades and everything. Um, a lot of people normally see that and think it's just that sort of straight trajectory. Uh, but getting to Facebook uh, just came with a lot of passion projects uh, that was uh, done. Um, passion projects that I've been working on on the side for quite some time, even before I got into advertising. Mm -hmm. So there was one that was just uh, widely received, and then before I knew it, I was I was up here. So, giving some context to listeners, how we got in contact was through VB, a past guest we had at Wonderman, who you guys have collaborated with Link It Black, and we definitely talked about that in the past episode. But we got to bring that up. I love what you guys are doing with that. It's on my profile now. So awesome. tell the people listening what was your role with lincoln black what is lincoln black give us the rundown there because it's such a cool idea thank you i appreciate it uh my role well I'll, I'll take it back to sort of the beginning of it it was around the time in march when there was a lot of um injustice going on around the world and that's what it is uh with creatives we see all these things happening and 
sort of like the world becomes our brief, if you will. And uh, it was a collective effort. Um, we've got a thread, me and a few friends of mine that get together, just kind of really talk about things that, you know, we, we really don't like and things that um, <laughs> we can't stand. Sometimes it's just a whole lot of memes, but most of the time is just sort of these problems that we have in this world. And you'll find that when you do that, you'll see that uh, creative things can uh, come into fruition. And this was one of those cases where we where that happened and we just got our crew together and started failing, started trying to make some cool stuff that was bigger than ourselves. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because everybody kind of talks about um, in interviews or when I have these conversations that advertising can shape culture. Obviously, it's business, it's strategy, it's creativity, but the goal is to shape culture. And it's it. It's, it's refreshing to hear from somebody that has actually done that or attempted to uh, actively and found much success with Lincoln Black. Um, mm. I think that's so cool. So you you, you had this group chat and you, you have all your creative friends, uh, strategists, I'm sure, smart people, probably some of the smartest in the industry. Uh, <laughs> you saw us, you saw the problem and you came up with what solution? What did you guys come up with? Well... The solution, and when you say it like that, it sounds so great. Mm -hmm. uh, there were about 100 and 200 solutions uh, that uh, wasn't right. And it took, you know, revving and revving and revving, which I, I believe a lot of people need to hear about failing forward when it comes to these side projects. Um, Link It Black was just one idea that uh, we had, but... I think the most important part was being like, hey, guys, let's really, really just start putting stuff out on the table. Let's start shooting darts so we can get to a solution. So yeah. as much as I would love to have that light bulb moment that you have in, uh, in television when it's like, boom, we can do this. There was at least 300, 400 bad ideas that came out before this one. Is that pretty representative of like the traditional creative process when you're sitting in like agency brainstorm sessions like is there is it kind of like bouncing off one each other one another and kind of whatever is the best idea you just kind of go forward with there's not that one light bulb moment most of the time <laughs> yeah that's that's normally how it is and i think advertising doesn't do the best job of showing people this process we always see the end result and uh people not in the industry see the end result and they emulate that you know they'll come up with a couple ideas at night and they'll be like, oh, I suck. This isn't for me. Knowing that the people that have got here have had to come up with multiple ideas there. It, it's like reps when you're working out. There has to be so many of them mm -hmm. for you to get to the right one. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, Link It Black, if you were to describe it now to somebody that's never heard of it, what would you what would you say to that person? <laughs> Uh, it, it's a DNI uh, initiative to uh, disrupt the advertising recruitment model from within. The uh, moment came from um, us knowing that a lot of people were trying to figure out how to do something within advertising. And we all came up to the insight is that, you know, we all have these tools. We all have a portfolio or a resume to get us in the industry. And perhaps we can redirect that into a good direction for change. So smart. So like a recruiter is coming to your LinkedIn and you have a, you're at a, you're, you're at your agency or you're at Facebook, wherever you're at, you're not looking uh, necessarily to get hired right now. 
However, that recruiter is already at your platform, whether it's your portfolio or your LinkedIn, and then they see in your header that, hey, I'm not currently looking for a new job. However, there are a lot of people that uh, are that are not represented. So go check out these resources. And then you guys list out a couple of those directories. That's absolutely right. And and one thing we want to also state as well is that's not the only way that uh, a lot of people are able to link it black. Um, We're just showing one way. But the main thing is we want to show that let's all sort of be action oriented. And this is a we problem Mm -hmm. uh, to come together to see a better a better world of marketing in any uh, industry in general. Yeah, I think I was just listening to uh, Ad Weeks. Ad Week has a podcast and I think David Griner was mentioning um, I think Droga does a great job with it. I think FCB was doing a great job with it with Vita Harris, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. it, they show that uh, the more d- diverse the agency, the more profitable. Like there's a direct correlation, numbers, right. insights. It makes sense. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely agree. And there's the pie is big enough for everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know there's some people when I uh, uh, actually uh, when we all sort of kind of pitched the idea around to some of our friends, some people were like, "Oh, well, what about what about me? And what about my?" <laughs> visibility in there, but you're able to share your visibility. There's room uh, for all of us to do really great things in this field. I love it. I love it. And it's been going well, right? I mean, have you seen, have you seen a lot of results from it? Have you, has anybody reached out to you? Are you getting people hired? What have you seen so far? Great question. Um, I'm having people, uh, recruiters reach out to my friends because it's mostly a lot of people that are, uh, linking it black better than we are (laughs) we've given them example and they've come up with really cool ways to um you know to displace it on their linkedin and on their uh portfolio Mm -hmm. and yes uh fortunately people have been coming up to them and saying wow i wasn't aware that these lists exist so hopefully um we're (laughs) doing the right thing amazing amazing so now i want to kind of talk about you and we know that you're at Facebook. We know you're a creative director at Facebook, but like we want to know as people that are planning to break in, including myself, how you kind of got to this point, this high point in your career. Obviously, it's not even close to being over, but we want to bring it back kind of like to when you were in college, per se, at University of Texas at Arlington, where you studied advertising design and business. Give us a rundown. Um, what? Why did you pick advertising? What? Uh, what led you to that in college? <laughs> nice. Uh, what led me? I believe it goes back before University of Texas at Arlington. I was one of those weird kids um, that, you know, uh, back in the day, uh, my uh, siblings used to tease me. I used to throw toys up in the air, and I was just this very ADD kid with kind of no direction, if you will. And when I finally got to uh, to University of Texas at Arlington, there was a job fair when I was told that you were able to sort of be creative for a living. And where I come from, which is uh, Nigeria, it's you're kind of really a doctor or a loser. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't know you were from Nigeria. I am when indeed. Did, yeah. When did you come to the United States? I uh, came to the U.S. when I was uh, seven, so that's why there's there's no accent at all. Gotcha. 
<laughs> yeah. So, and and I'm, I don't want to generalize for uh, um, our uh, our country, but it, it's it's very traditional when it comes to places to work. So, it was it wasn't until later on that I figured out that you are actually able to you know keep the lights on, uh, sure. being in an industry just for being creative. Sure. So you kind of stumbled upon that creative uh, avenue when you were, when you got to college. Uh, yes, when I got to college, I didn't go to college for it. Um, it started afterwards when I decided. I'm always saying uh, one of my favorite um, one of my favorite movies is The Matrix. Uh, I had a Matrix moments when I was just like, man, I'm seeing Neo dodge bullets and jumping through buildings. Uh, <laughs> I can do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's funny because nobody really kind of, not. A lot of people I interview don't really go to college for advertising or that That's creative right. uh, route. You kind of stumble upon it in college. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Cool. So was and it was all good. There was no pressure for you to go into those more traditional um, uh, career paths. Uh, there was a lot of pressure. This is okay. the Nigerian uh, okay. um, thing that I was telling you about. It, it takes a lot of self-belief, especially at a young age that you need to have. Uh, I'm always saying confidence comes at day zero because you're gonna need it getting into uh, an industry and not really, not seeing a lot of people that look like you uh, in it. So uh, <laughs> if there was one thing, I would instill on that even earlier because it took a while for me to get within my own and being like, hey, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you made that, conscious decision that you want to do this and that was in college was there anything in college that forced you or uh kind of led you to that belief were you was there a class you take you took was it uh a club you were in was it a friend friend group what 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 got you there i gotta say it was just one of those things where First off, you're consuming a lot of television, <laughs> a lot of television and a lot of these things that are happening in your life where you know it in your head that this is what you like spending your time in. You know what they say, do more of what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're, already, you're already doing all these things for fun, <laughs> for fun. And then you just decide, hey, they're going to pay you for this. That's the best. Yeah, it's the best. And to me, that it. it's not even now where all these things are happening. It's just that it's just that feeling of like, hey, like <laughs> they're going to give you currency for something that you're doing and you love doing all the time. Yep. I love that. So you so you were advertising design. Uh, so the creative what is what is that? So like uh, like Photoshop, uh, the Adobe products, you know, get it in there or is it like sketching with your hand? I like uh I like this question. I'll tell you why. When I first got into industry, that's what I thought it was about. It was like, oh, do I want to pick one between copyright and art direction? Oh, art direction. I've got a pirated Photoshop on my mom's computer. Mm. Uh, so it's actually a lot more than that. It's just it's definitely the unified vision of, you know, everything from conceptual development to lighting and design and photography. It's It's the whole nine. There's just these hard skills that uh, you definitely have to have. And when I talk about this journey, I want to totally make it clear that coming in, (laughs) there was a lot of failure and holes in my career that I didn't have. And I believe coming in this industry, people shouldn't look at that as a hindrance not to get in. 
we all have holes in our education. We need to almost just keep going and learning along the way. So that's definitely one thing that I would fucking go back and tell myself that not to be discouraged. That would be one of them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's tough, you know, when you that kind of that imposter syndrome or you feel like you're not uh, good enough. It, I think it, all it takes is one company or one person to to see that potential in you to bring you forward. I agree. Help. I totally, totally agree. And that imposter thing is very interesting, too, as well. No matter how hard, uh, high you go, you'll still see that people in general don't really know what they're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Like collectively as a whole, you don't know what they're doing. But one thing that just separates a few people from the other is they're not afraid of that failure. Nice. Yeah. That's what sets them apart. I like that. Okay. Okay. So you went to, so at what point in college did you say, okay, I, my next step is to go to a portfolio school. (laughs) Yeah. uh, The next step to go to a portfolio school wasn't my doing at all. It was me uh, failing forward, as I was saying. Um, I thought it was a good idea to start going into agencies with a piss poor book telling them to hire me. Um, Scrappy, yeah. Kind of scrappy. was not a good idea. Um, They told me to leave. Um, Not as nice as I'm saying it. (laughs) But it took one person to say, hey, your book sucks and I'm going to work with you. And it took her to be like, okay, your book is not there yet. You need to go to these colleges to pursue if you do want to get into, you know, the A-list caliber. Sure. Okay. So you you start applying. You got this, what you said, a piss poor book. I'm quoting you. So I'm not making fun (laughs) of your book here. What agencies agencies were you going to um, and what were you showing them? Whew, I'm a, I'm dating myself. I went to the Richards Group back in the day in Dallas. Okay. Uh, I went to a few others. I applied at Crispin, um, but there was like Crispin was hot back in the day. Crispin was definitely hot back in the day. But this book, I don't have it. Was so laughable. Uh, it wasn't even funny. It it was just <laughs> there, there was no. It, from where where I grew up, there was kind of really no blueprint on how to go about doing it. You just had to go about. Just starting to yeah, see yeah. what's going to happen. Putting yourself. I respect in that. Work. I respect that so much because that <laughs> I'm obviously not creative and just I don't even understand the process that you guys go through with your books. Like I couldn't even tell you where I would start. Like I I respect it so much how much you guys have to hustle. I appreciate but, it, man. And I gotta say, I I believe I, I'm one of those that believe everyone is creative. Uh, we just forget uh, that we are. Oh, absolutely. I I totally believe that too. It's, it's so true. <laughs> That's yeah. right. And, and, you know, we, we've all seen Peter Pan, like, you know, when he was part of Lost Boys, he was Peter Pan. He just forgot that he was throughout the process. Yeah. Uh, the, the things that you hear kids say all the time is almost like, wow, they're, they're fearless. And what they're saying actually makes sense. We just forget it as we get a little older in life, which is what so, I believe. I, I don't want to derail a comment or a rant no, or anything. I just want no, to yeah. uh, dwell on that. It's just, yeah, just sometimes a lot of people... Uh, forget themselves out of creativity. And I think that's something that's got to get nipped a little bit as well. Gotcha. And did that, did that uh, creativity, uh, that childlike creativity resurge when you were at Miami ad school? Uh, Yes, it did. Um, Because what creativity uh, is to me is a decision. You know, we can, 
even in this conversation that you and I are having right now, we can write scripts. <laughs> we can write scripts on how we feel. We can talk about a scene in a movie just based on the experience that we have. The whole deal about it is just deciding that you want to be a creative and the world almost becomes your library. Yeah, because once you have that decision, you kind of chase after it. And it's that active uh, pursuit of creativity. I also I think Socrates actually said that about happiness. To be okay. happy is to pursue it. That's that, great. That, yeah. So yeah. It's very similar. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. So, okay. So this person kind of pulled you out of the weeds, was like, dude, your book's like not good. You got <laughs> to go to like, and they, they tried to help you out on their own. And then they said, okay, I can't even help you. Like you got to go to Miami ad school. You got to go to portfolio school. <laughs> Yeah, that's correct. And just the fact that they helped was super big for me because sure. there was a lot of people that were just like, get out of here. I don't have time for this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it took, you know, her to just be like, OK, yeah, it's it's not there. This is where you need to go. And that was really all I needed. <laughs> already yeah. seen the Matrix, already know that it was about yep. failing forward and it was just time to almost fail my way up to the top. I say that was this, was this a mentor, a friend, a professor? Who was uh, this? Yeah, she, uh, she's she's a friend now. Uh, she's uh, uh, was my mentor, uh, but she was a senior art director at an agency. OK, one of the agencies that I stumbled upon, you know, when I was making my round through the sure. and other agencies for them telling me to leave. She was just one of the ones that I was like, you know, security, chill for a little bit. L let me talk yeah. to this guy. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah. She reached out a little bit and gave you that advice yeah. um so what what made you pick i mean i i kind of talking right now with friends that are one of them is at miami ad school is okay. he's a he's our creative director for this podcast and then nice. i have another friend nikki who's a copywriter didn't necessarily want to go to portfolio school because yeah. the price yeah more schooling she wanted Correct. to go she's a copywriter she wanted to just dive into the into a career Okay. So what made you decide, okay, portfolio is the right thing for me. Maybe I can find another agency. To, so I should, should I keep applying? I, I, I guess that's a, that's a big decision. That's like going to another, like picking a grad school or like a law school. So that's how'd right. you weigh that scale? And what cool. do you recommend students today do? I, <laughs> it's crazy that on, I can't even think about, it's hard for me to even imagine going to a portfolio school. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. I think, and I don't want to, first off, hopefully, you know, I just want my story to just kind of be an example. I'm not telling y'all that this is the bl blueprint. I'm just saying this is what worked for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew that my book wasn't there yet. So to me, if I'm treating myself like a business, uh, the risk is almost kind of worth it. You know, I had to, uh, you know, co-sign, I had to have my parents co-sign a loan. And I knew that what portfolio school was to me is you almost pay for the network. You know, I, I had some students that, you know, I felt that really weren't up to snuff. I had some teachers that I felt weren't really up to snuff, but you really pay for the network when it comes to gotcha. this. Almost sometimes a lot of things. I like, I like this. You're, you're kind of investing in yourself and you yeah, saw right. the value. You did your research. You knew Miami was going to, you're paying for that network. And obviously you're going to have a lot of great skills and a, a fantastic book. Mm -hmm. when you come out of it that's the goal and i'm sure that's what happened right yeah and that's not what always happens that's something that i want to distill like you you get out what you put in 
Okay. I've seen a lot of people. I've seen people break in the industry without going to ad school. And I've seen people go through all the ad schools, get a master's degree, Mm. get a master's, master's degree, and sort of do absolutely nothing. Uh, There there is a full-on hustle that you need to have. Um when you start even all the way till now <laughs> you know that, that that hustle will never go away it, it's still here in me and it's continue to go at you know as i rise hopefully in this industry i like that i like that any um what any stories you might have heard from people that didn't choose the portfolio school route that maybe they had like a side hustle or a side project that they broke into the in- industry that you know about um i have I have a few friends and I, I I won't say their names. They just, to the whole point about networking, you know, you do always, and this is just a life thing, <laughs> uh, always got to surround yourself with uh, people that are uh, um, smarter than you. And they would learn from their friends on what is good and what's not. They would compare themselves to them and take it back to their work. Okay. And so that's also another way to as well, uh, to the point I'm saying before about the world becomes your library. That seeking out will get you where you need to go you know yeah. the world is just like water just wants to get out your way if, you, if you're really ready to put in that work gotcha gotcha so at miami ad school it was how many years is that three two oh miami ad school's two years uh but you're there for a year and a half and then you start moving uh you start moving around uh and getting in different internships and traveling the world okay okay so you you, you ended up well, where did you end up after that? You was that uh, Sapient? Was that the first job? Uh, it was Razorfish, but I I love I love the way you said that it was so easy. It wasn't it wasn't an okay. end up. <laughs> it was a you know you finally in the you're finally in the building sort of thing. You know, what, at Razorfish, at Razorfish, and it wasn't a you know guaranteed program that once you get in, you're gonna get hired. Okay, I, I I think there's a there's something that interns uh, need to hear now is that once you go in, you should take off that intern and that aspiring copywriter, inspiring art director sort of out of your vocabulary. Okay, when you're get in, if you're an art director, you're an art director, okay. and you're gonna be getting work that you may feel that is not right. You may be getting work that you feel is unfair, but success is opportunity meets preparation in the words of Malcolm Gladwell. So if they're giving you a banner ad, do that banner ad hundred percent, but push the envelope, come out with something proactive, come up with, you know, a 360 campaign to turn into that banner ad. And you'll see that by the time, when it's time for you to leave, they almost can't do it without you. You're right. doing some great work. That's smart. I totally did the opposite of that on my first internship. I was uh at I when it was like my sophomore year go like I had like a uh media planning internship and I totally did the bare minimum. I didn't mm-hmm. know anything. I I didn't even take the right classes for that. I had it way too early and I mm-hmm. kind of just like did the bare minimum. I didn't even know like I can ask for more projects. Mm-hmm. I kind of like clocked in, clocked out. I was I mingled. I obviously I had networked within. I was very cordial with them. But okay. I just didn't. I didn't push the envelope. My my first mm-hmm. internship, and I can admit I can, that now. But that's yeah. that's such great advice. Take off that that uh, aspiring hat. That I like that that identity. Yeah. You're in there. 
You're in the room. Get it going. Start working. I love it. Start getting it going and build a demand for yourself. Um, I believe it was Russell Simmons that was always talking about a guy who was always sweeping uh, in his front off uh, in his front uh, building. And all of a sudden, the guy was about to leave. And then he came back and he's like, yo, where'd you go? And he was like, hey, I was just I'm not paid to do this. He was like, well, now you are. Yeah, there it <laughs> is. Know? And in a lot of uh, interns, back to what we're talking about, treating yourself as a business, build that demand for yourself. You know, they're asking you for something because that's they're not forward thinking like you. So do that for them and do it in stride, uh, but also give them something that they haven't seen before. And getting rid of you would be bad for business. <laughs> Right. I love that. Uh, going back to the business. I love that. Cool. Right. So you, you so you obviously crushed it over at Sapient Razorfish and you were interning that internship you got through the Miami ad school or was that on your own? Um, I got it through the Miami ad school. Okay. Uh, yeah. Myself and uh, my partner at the time, Chris Phillips, we uh, yeah, we got in there for three months and pretended like <laughs> we were already uh, on payroll. OK. And that and it ended up working out. Did they extend that? It, it ended up working out uh, just due to the fact that some of them didn't even know that we weren't uh, being paid or not on payroll. Because the minute you start putting in that extra work, you're looked at as just another employee. And I remember that moment when it happened, when they're like, okay, hey guys, we're putting you on this huge brief next week. And we're like, um, actually, we, uh, <laughs> we're, not, we're, we're just interns. They're like, get out of here. We're like, yeah, we're just interns. And they're like, we need to fix this right now. <laughs> you know? Wow. Wow. So. Well, and then when you, you know, how did you have that confidence, right? Like when you were not on payroll to step up and do the bigger jobs and, and, and you know, perform as you were a regular coworker? How did yeah. you have that, that ability to do that? Uh, this goes back to what we talked about, about how confidence uh, needs to be instilled at uh, day zero. Um, okay. you don't have all the answers, you don't have all the tools, but really no one does. And we all get to where we get to by failing forward. I like that. So I believe having that, you're able to go back and, <laughs> you know, watching the matrix, you start jumping through buildings. It's like not thinking you are knowing you are, you know, not being an aspiring art director, being an art director. And yeah. it's okay. You are going to go in there and make a lot of mistakes. Mm -hmm. that confidence is your door to actually open it up in the first place i like that i kind of think about it um i think with even with this podcast i remember like the first time i posted an episode yeah. that night i couldn't sleep i was like this is terrible uh i should probably delete it before my career is ruined and i'm just gonna <laughs> look like a fool and i had all this all these negative thoughts go in my head and then i realized it's just like i'm a work in progress and the podcast even day one might not be that great but i know maybe 50 to 100 episodes from now, it'll be that much better. And that's yeah. kind of the way I kind of think about yeah. it. Yeah, we, we all are a work in progress. Like we've uh, we, we've given failure a bad rep, um, unfortunately. Um, and it stops a lot of people uh, from, uh, it stops a lot of people from even getting to the finish line or the starting line. I, I guess I get a little, little bit nervous and I'm sure a lot of people listening can probably, everybody has this probably too. I feel like if I fail too many times in advertising, I feel like I could be re replaced. I mean, I haven't started just a little background. I mean, I haven't started my agency career yet. I'm starting soon, but you know, it is competitive. And right now people, everybody needs a job. So if mm -hmm. I'm failing so often, like, could I be replaced? That's kind of <laughs> like what's going on in my head. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's an interesting perspective and a way to put it. Uh, just the way I see it is failure is your biggest teacher. Yeah. Y- you know, if you're like the success is going to come, the success is going to be the side effect. But if you're if you're working out, you're 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 doing a lot of reps, right? Mm-hmm. When you're doing a lot of reps, you see that as you almost kind of learning, becoming the person you are physically. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's the way I see failure in. Of course, you know, sometimes things aren't going to go your way and, you know, you may get replaced. But every single time you learn about what's going wrong, you know, write it down. You know, when things are going wrong, write it down. When things are going right, write it down. (laughs) But it is really, really about that repetitiveness that uh, that'll get you to wherever you need to go. Love it. Love it. Okay, I want to touch upon now that so from Sapient and we don't have to get into too much detail about all these but you you landed at deutsch after that mm-hmm. um is that that's in la right uh this was deutsch in new york deutsch in new york and they're doing pretty well right now i believe i i, I was hearing about them who I, I can't say I, I i can't say i keep up with them i was them for a very uh it was it was a short uh it was a short time <laughs> senior so you at sapien you go creative intern you went to designer to art director and that yeah. was what was that time frame uh, that time frame was about three, uh, I'd say it was about three years. Okay. And even in that, that three years was a learning process on its own because I love how it looks so beautiful on a resume, but that involved three years of getting my ass kicked <laughs> by uh, a lot of, you know, really, really well-qualified designers sure. <laughs> to uh, teach you the ropes and teach you what not to do and teach you that the importance of crap. I mean, does that like the sapient razorfish hold like a place in your heart like that's your first agency like that's where you kind of like grew up a little bit do you have like a loyalty to them i don't have a loyalty to sapient uh but uh there were some uh folks uh that worked there okay uh, that you know were definitely transparent enough to tell me hey this sucks sure this isn't good yet uh, which is okay because <laughs> that's how you got here in the first place is just almost kind of <laughs> failing forward. So it's okay to go ahead. You got a story about you maybe on a project that you worked really hard on and somebody just, it just did not make it to the next round or they, somebody said it sucked and it was kind of devastating. I love that you say, do I have one story? I got a hundred stories. It, I like it, happens, that. <laughs> it happens, you know, back in the day, it happened last yeah. week. Sure. It happens, man. We we are in the business of <laughs> fucking up on a daily. That's that's what we do. Yeah. Um, but the reps, you, you got to get them out. You got to get them out. And all you need is one. Yeah. And all of a sudden you get one and then, you know, you start being invited <laughs> to these yeah. you know, awesome podcasts being like, oh, my goodness, you had that light bulb thing. It takes yeah. a lot. And that really needs to be demystified to a lot of people coming into the industry. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, golf. Every time I go golfing, which is not often, I'm not a big golfer, but there's always that one. I, I can, I can hit terrible all day, but there's always that one uh, hit that just keeps you going back. Like, That's right. Just That's keep right. going on the green or something like that. Yeah, just it'll get you going. It'll get you going, and you and then you'll see yourself in Sports Center top ten. But man, right. if you watch, if you watch the actual game, you know he wasn't. You know some of them. Were, weren't always hot. Like I've seen Seth Curry air some three pointers. Right. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know, it happens, but you keep going. Cool. Keep going. Okay. Okay. So you, after Deutsch, which you said was a smaller stint, we don't have to get into why, 
<laughs> but uh, you, then you hit hit up Jay Walter Thompson, which is now a combo combo platter with yeah. uh, Wonderman Wonderman Thompson. That's right. Yeah. And where was that agency at? Uh, that agency was in New York. Nice. So yeah. you, know what? you you've been you've been like kind of like all around now. Now that you're in San, in San Francisco. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I was um man, I I came up uh in, in New York. So it was just a lot of moving around and then when it was time to go client side uh, with where I am now, that's when I okay. moved out west. Good good call. Good call. Thanks. Okay. Um senior art director at J Walter Thompson, any notable experience there? I, I can't I know you probably can't boil it down to one. Any big takeaways working at J Walter Thompson? That's a powerhouse kind of old school in my head creative agency that does you know that's probably in the hall of fame if there oh yeah yeah uh takeaways from that i i also still even at that level in my career still was weren't getting the projects that i wanted um and that's always going to happen you know we we get put on some of all these briefs and all these briefs aren't the best things so it, that was also a case where you know you start bringing in more things uh, that uh, to the table. And when I say more things to the table, it doesn't always have to be side projects. It can be proactive ideas within the brief that they give you. Okay. Uh, before, when I was in Razorfish, what got me into Deutsch and what got me into JWT was a proactive idea within a uh, um, campaign. I can't even remember what the campaign is to this day, but when we decided to push the envelope a little bit, our creative director was a champion of that. And that is what's in my book at the moment. Okay, so you kind of came to the table and, and and offered new solutions that they probably didn't even think of. Yeah, and, and this this is a technique that you should do throughout your whole career. What myself and my uh, creative partner were doing when we were interns all the way till now, um, you'll be asked for things, but just taking it to that next level, you'll see that those are the things that people talk about. I like that. Kind of like putting the extra work. Putting in the extra work always. Yeah. You know, Lincoln Black wasn't a, there was no brief <laughs> for yeah. that. You just always have to be pushing the envelope within yourself. Nice. Okay. And I think our audience gets what goes on now. They have a pretty good understanding of what happens um, in the traditional creative agencies. They don't, however, and I don't have any clue what goes on at Facebook being a creative slash art director what is your day-to-day -day look like what are your roles and responsibilities over on the book yeah um it, it depends on the day yeah um just being sort of a uh, um art director or associate creative director it involves you know a whole lot of conceptual development a whole lot of art direction and sometimes a little project managing mm. Uh, just almost dealing with different agencies and uh, different um, vendors, you almost sort of become uh, the client, just kind of being on the client side. What, um, oh, you so you're dealing with the uh, agencies like you're kind of like a point of contact sometimes? That's right, that's right. Who, you, who are you guys working with? You wear all the hats. Uh, it, it depends on uh, <laughs> it depends on the project and yeah. you know, it depends on uh, the task, but you know, it can be from widening Kennedy all the way to. A startup agency that's uh, yeah. trying to make a name for themselves. Nice. Who's your yeah. favorite to work with? Ooh, man. I don't <laughs> want to keep my babies on air, man. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I, I I had to ask one question that was on the on the edge there. <laughs> I, I had to fire one out. 
Um, okay, so what are you guys putting out? What like you're creating ads for Facebook? Help me out here. Like, what is the what are the products that the design well, that, you're, that you're making? Yeah, it's at the moment it's pretty much like marketing for Facebook. Uh, I always say we're a professional optimist, and you're a professional optimist throughout you know <laughs> your whole career. Sure. Uh, you're you're solving um, solutions. You're you're, you're solution oriented for brands. And at that time, my brand just happens to be Facebook. You're in house for Facebook. I'm in house. That's correct. What was that? What is it? A big switch? You know, going from agency to in house. And I know people try to people get burned out after a couple years in the industry. They go client side. Life is good. They have a family and kids, and they retire. Yeah. Is yeah. That, that the case? <laughs> it's um <laughs> that's that's interesting um it depends on honestly just really depends on the time of year okay, uh, yeah. sometimes, sometimes it'll be super busy sometimes it won't um and at the same time um you always have to have some people work for a job and you should have your job work for you okay but if you're still learning a lot uh from where you work it's you know you're at the right place and yeah, let me know if I answered that right. If I didn't want to be dancing around that question or anything. So I, I'm really curious, what would you say is the biggest difference between, because you live both, uh, what's the biggest difference between working client side or in-house at Facebook or working at an agency and that fast paced lifestyle? What, what were some of those big takeaways? Yeah, uh, it, and I want to say that it defer, it's, it's different in every uh, company that you go to. Uh, but uh, for this one, um, there are no pitches, really. Like, you are the client, <laughs> if yeah. you will. Um, you know, yeah. a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people are trying to sort of, like, you know, win the business. Uh, you are the business. And, of course, creativity is the goal. But you got to hit your metrics and you got to hit your numbers. Yeah. Would you have gone you know, client side, or would you have gone to Facebook specifically earlier in your career if you would have known what it would be like to work there? Work there? Uh, I think back when I was in the industry, going to the client side was almost a, like, it, like a death wish. Like, you know, oh, he's went client side or she's went client side. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things where it, it doesn't, I per, and this is just my opinion, it doesn't kind of really matter where you sort of go. You almost sort of take that creative energy wherever it is that needs to be taken. You know, yeah. there's creativity in technology. There's creativity in AR. There's creativity in, you know, this sounds crazy. I see a lot of people doing creativity in health. I knew you were going to um, say that. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, really, it's really just really about taking wherever you're going to and uh, mm -hmm. just making it your own space uh, to be inventive. Well, I feel like... Um... Facebook is one of those companies, one of the big companies that probably fosters creativity very well. They 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 seek out creative people like yourself and they set up systems or I would imagine they probably set up systems where you can express that and push the boundaries. I, I would more uh, come in here and just speak uh, more on the people. Um, it's just really about, you know, seeing if, you know, you there is a creative director that you look up to or there's an ECD that you look up to at wherever you're at, whether you're at Facebook, whether you're at Netflix. Like, I just always love uh, knowing uh, or instilling to the people that are coming up in our industry to 
not necessarily sort of chase the big name, but chase the place and the opportunity where you can uh, become uh, create something great. I like that. I'm also kind of looking right now. Um, I think later in my career, I want to find a place or a place that has a good mentor for me, somebody that's that awesome. can really motivate me and yeah. kind of work, like find a good boss. I think that's yeah. important too. Yeah, and and uh, I I believe that's uh, that's the right way to go about it. And you'll see that these agencies and these places, you don't have to search for them; they'll come find you. Love that. Yeah, if it's if it's a healthy environment, hopefully. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. That's right. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um. So, what are some big trends that you might you've seen? You know, whether in in digital and tech or just in the creative realm of things that students can can learn about now. Any what's what's hot right now? What's trending? <laughs> you got me on the spot. I haven't uh, thought of this uh, uh, until now. I remember back in the day when I did used to look at uh, those trends. You know, you see those design trends and you read those books. Honestly, this is gonna sound very just whatever, but you almost kind of really create your own. Uh, you start seeing holes in the industry. You start seeing things that you don't like or just that you're quite tired of. Um, and you start setting that standard for yourself. Um, there's a lot of things now that I couldn't create twice. I can't create a Link It Black twice because now the standard is set. Uh, just start finding these things that you feel that could be better in whatever industry that you're in and uh, take it to that next level. Love it. Love it. Uh, any uh, resources that you follow uh, either weekly or daily, maybe like an email newsletter, anything that you follow or an influencer that keeps you creative um, and, you know, that you that you like, that you well, might like be able to recommend? Why I like this question is I wish there was just like a website where you can go to and all the creativity flows into you. And then all of a sudden you have all these uh, mm -hmm. brilliant thoughts. But no, nah, um, just how we were talking about before, creativity is a decision. Um, the, the, the world is really your container. You get insights from everything, from this conversation to what you're eating at lunch to how you're feeling when you eat lunch. How you feeling when you wake up? Uh, creativity is sort of kind of anything and everything, and and I'm not trying to say that in an amb uh, a ambiguous way. That's that's seriously what it is. I like that. That actually kind of motivates me a little bit more to push the boundaries of this podcast. So yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, there you go. And just even in your experience with these podcasts, there are things that you have. There's issues that you're gonna have, and I think what separates a lot of people is just being aware of it and creating something new where people are like oh my goodness i had that same issue why did not think of that yeah i like that cool and the best way for anybody to reach is it okay if our listeners reach out to you maybe have a coffee chat with you anything like that yeah yeah um i couldn't have been that uh creative to say that i had such a hard time getting into the industry and someone helped me out and then me not coming back and sending the elevator down. So uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know if a link pops up or anything, but I'm, I'm definitely uh, happy to answer questions and take a look at books. Um, but at the moment, definitely, uh, you know, want everyone to check out Link It Black. Yep. Um, just go to the website, go to the handle, 
uh, that's the most important thing for me right now. And uh, people uh, that are trying to break into the industry, um, hit me up. Absolutely. Well, thank you for the work, your work with Lincoln Black, and you're up to great things. You're an inspiration. Uh, we also, I know we didn't mention, my researcher wanted me to mention you were at Burning Man. <laughs> and kind of, and I didn't bring that up. So he's like, that's the coolest thing ever. So maybe on a part two of that, we could talk about your experience at Burning Man. That could be a whole podcast, I'm sure. Right? Who's his research slash internet stalker that's happening right now? <laughs> that's my guy. He does a good job. <laughs> he, uh, this is factual. This is correct. But yeah, that's going to be a whole other podcast on its own. Cool. cool. Well, we'll be in touch then. Thank you so much for coming on. Awesome, Gino. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Podcast. This was Mo. Mo Osenbor is an amazing guy, super interesting and super creative. So please go to our Instagram at EnteringAd to connect with him, see all of his resources, or go on LinkedIn. Now, for our thank yous, have to thank the team. Mikey Malarkey is our audio technician. Can't do it without, can't do it without you, Mikey. Buchan Zhang, our creative director, can't do it without you either. And, of course, our student advertising team from Midnight Oil at the University of Illinois. Thank you guys so much for all your hard work as well. We will see you all next week.